Are we like so in sync? We should be <laughs> after four years. Oh my god! Can you imagine? As we record I can't, on Saturdays, no. we record on Saturdays. So tomorrow is Sunday the third, and mm-hmm. we released our first episode, Scott Peterson, on April third, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. 2018 can you imagine it was a different world back then it was a literal different world back then it was you were living we were in on connecticut the same coast i was gonna I say we were on the same coast <laughs> you were living in connecticut we would record like five episodes in a weekend in a like not even in to a weekend. have that stamina <laughs> shout out to the river edge diner for shout sustaining out, us yeah. those weekends shout oh god out river edge diner oh yeah i mean i guess this is as good as times any this is crime culture. That's oh, Caitlin. Yes. This is Haley. Um, yes. This Shout episode out to is your going parents. To... Yes. Well, for letting me crash in their basement for yes. like. <laughs> so this this episode is a little bit of a shorter one because this is like a little bit of like vibing for myself because this is about uh, the Wizard of Oz. We talked about um, cursed movie sets. I think you did a cursed movie set episode last October, the October before that. Maybe um, it's been four years. They all run know, in right? together. Yeah. yeah. So I think you might have touched upon The Wizard of Oz at that point. It is my favorite movie, and there's a lot behind the scenes of shit that went down. So this is, um, but it's going to, like, because of that, it's a little bit of a shorter one. So this is our anniversary episode, so we're just going to, we're just going to vibe. We're going to, we're going to vibe. But do you want to do a corrections corner or whatever we want to call it now or after? Let's do correction corner right now. What did we get cool. wrong? We didn't get it wrong. Thank okay. you. So we're perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> we have never done anything wrong mm-hmm. ever in our lives. Um, but check no. the tapes. So <clears throat> please don't just check the reviews. Um, but no. So Sin was able to write in. And let us know, because we had talked about the Radium Girls a couple of weeks ago, and you and I had kind of, in passing, done a quick aside about glow sticks, what are in glow sticks. Well, (laughs) Sin knows what is in glow sticks. What's inside a glow stick? And how do you get it in there? And we're about to get fucking learnt. Okay? Okay. It's like turnt, but we're learning. Science section. Um, Yeah, sure. Let's call it that. It's the science section. Um, So, this is great. Like straight up they started out i know what glows now and i'm like hell yeah you do baby fuck so, yeah tell me what glows glo- quote glow sticks are a chemical reaction which is why you have to crack them but the stuff we use on clock faces and pretty much any trinket or toy that glows is now a glows now is a chemical compound called strontium we got we will get there don't worry strontium aluminate ooh and i'm going to end that quote here for a second and that's spelled i'm not spelling strontium you can't make me but illuminate as in like aluminum not like okay. illuminate yeah not with an a not an i yes okay um all right back to the quote before that we used tritium which was also radioactive but not to the point radium is but that's more or less been phased out the bioluminescent algae hadn't even occurred to me, but not going to lie, that's not a bad guess at all. I'd wager it doesn't retain the ability to glow for long like glow sticks because it's probably a chemical reaction, too. End well, here's quote. the thing. So my sister-in-law has one of these, like, biodome things. It's this giant, like, like uh, 
orb that is full mm-hmm. of like seawater and these bioluminescent beings. She is so much cooler than I could ever hope to be. She got it for God Christmas, it. and I was like, I'm stealing it from you because this is incredible. Yeah. And if you like, if you like move it around a little bit and the bioluminescent things like wake up, they mm-hmm. start glowing and they literally glow. It is insane. So I want that. <laughs> I, I think it's, be, I think, but I think it's a very, it's like a closed ecosystem. So I think like they have to be done, like it has to be kept in like the perfect conditions for right. it to be able to retain that. I don't think you can like put these like delicate things inside a fucking glow stick and expect it to like glow. Right, right. I, I, I mean, would, it makes I sense. would more expect, I'm bummed, but I would more expect you take like a handful of lightning bugs and just like shove them <laughs> in there. I mean, don't. But I, w- I mean, I was going to say, I'll try it <laughs> for science. This is the science section. God, one of these days, baby, we're going to get a science section and it's going to have Dr. Henry C. Lee on it. You can't convince me otherwise. We have like, to. It's just it's got it's we got to do it. It's got to happen. But for now. Anyway, now we are going to hop into our little bubbles. And we're going to talk about The Wizard of Oz. Thank you. Thank you, Sin. Thanks, for Sin. Sending that in. Did not mean to rhyme, but I mean, that's what we get. We're very hey. creative in this. Yeah. Oh. Hey. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that so, is it. That is all. That is us. Again, The Wizard of Oz. It's, uh, it's probably my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, overall favorite movie. I yep. mean, if you asked my husband who's sitting behind me, he would tell you it's super bad because literally I, I just play that whenever <laughs> I'm sad. Um, I mean, it's worthy. I, it's yes. Okay, I get that there are parts that are problematic. Totally understand. But you know what? If you've taken an edible and you just need to chill, throw it on. It's great. I'm pretty sure you put it on when we didn't know what to do or watch on New Year's. Like, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure that we all were just like debating it. And while we were debating it, I turn around on. and you have already started super bad. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I watch it all the time. But uh, Wizard of Oz is one that like like super bad. I can have it on in the background. Wizard of Oz. Anytime it's on, I am sitting down and I am watching it. I am giving it my full attention because I love this movie. And honestly, hearing about all the shit that went on backstage and backstage, like on the set. On the set. Yeah. It literally like breaks my heart because I love this movie Mm -hmm. so much. And it is a literal cursed set. Just a quick Google search. Wizard of Oz cursed. There's hundreds of articles saying like, yeah, this is all the shit that went down. But Anyway, so The Wizard of Oz itself uh, was put out by MGM Studios. Obviously, that's the one with the the lion roaring. Um, And they pulled out all of the stops for this movie. They spent $3 million, which is $55 million today. And they desperately wanted to match the commercial success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs that had come out. And it worked. The, The Wizard of Oz had gotten two Academy Awards for its music over the rainbow won the best original song and made like judy garland that it made her <laughs> that they shot her to stardom um additionally it earned nominations for best picture best cinematography art direction and special effects it was all over uh commercially speaking it made a decent amount of money when it was released but it made even more money after cbs aired it for the first time on november 3rd 1956 and by 1967, Time declared that it had become, quote, the most popular single film property in the history of U.S. television, end quote. Damn. Yeah. That it's is no small a, feat. That's big get. 
<laughs> yeah. But behind the scenes, uh, everything seemed to go wrong. Mm. First of all, the director left partway through. <gasps> it was mostly directed by Victor Fleming, but he left um, to take over the troubled production of Gone with the Wind. And King Vidor came to take over. Um, he directed the uh, sepia-toned Kansas scenes, including Over the Rainbow, as well as the mm -hmm. tornado sequence. Um, and just a little side note, the Over the Rainbow song almost didn't make the final cut of the movie, which I always thought was really fascinating because that yeah. is the movie. That is the movie. Yeah. Um, basically... Every main character of this movie had their own uh, struggle when it comes to um, the costume or makeup. Mm -hmm. First of all, probably one of the most tragic because it followed her throughout her life um, was Judy Garland herself. So mm. in, in the movie, Dorothy is meant to be a prepubescent young girl. I believe in L. Frank Baum's book, she's 12? She's, it's, yeah, it's something like she's that. She's very young. I haven't read it in a million years. Right, um, same. But she's supposed to be very, very young. But by the time of filming, Judy Garland was already a teenager. I believe she was 16. And the studio execs figured out that they could conceal her figure by getting her to wear an extremely tight corset, basically binding her chest mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. um, she was also prescribed amphetamines to keep her weight down and barbiturates to help her sleep after long days. And if you know anything about Judy Garland, you'll know that she died from an accidental barbiturate overdose later in her life. And mm -hmm. it's said that the filming of The Wizard of Oz is what started her addiction. It is. She, yeah. yeah. She yeah. was horribly mistreated by the Hollywood machine, as well as a lot of young actors at that time. I think mm -hmm. her and uh, what's his name? What's his name? Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yes. Her and Mickey Rourke were just done dirty by Hollywood. And um, <laughs> if you watched uh, the Oscars, this Mickey past Rooney, weekend, Haley, is it Mickey I just, Rooney? as I said that? No, Mickey Rourke is the one he was done dirty by boxing. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's because it's a Mickey and it starts with an R. It's it, yeah. And also I'm real time not correction section. Yes, our real-time correction section. So everybody whose thumbs started tippity-tapping, put them away. Took us a second, but we got there. Mickey. And now we're Rudy. here. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. a bad one. Uh, probably one that a lot of people know about is what happened with the Tin Man's makeup. Oh. So Buddy Ebsen, who was Jed Clampett of the Beverly Hillbillies, yes! he was originally supposed to be the Tin Man, but he had to leave when he was essentially poisoned by the makeup, which was made of pure aluminum dust. Yeah. 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 So nine days after filming started, he was hospitalized, sitting under an oxygen tent, which is basically like an iron lung. Um, when he was not getting better fast enough, the filmmakers hired Jack Haley to be the Tin Man instead, and this time, instead of applying the aluminum powder directly to the skin, the costume department pulled Haley's hair back flat, then put a rubber skin over his head and behind his ears. Then they covered his face with a cold cream and coated it with like a chalk, it, like articles said, a chalk-like substance, and painted mm -hmm. it white. And... Uh, Haley said in an interview, quote, the idea of the white stuff was to close my pores so that the silver paste that made me look like I was made out of tin wouldn't damage my skin. 
They painted my face silver and glued on a silver nose. They glued a strip of rubber that was supposed to be tin under my chin and glued each individual black rubber rivet to my face. Then they painted my lips black because painting my face silver made my mouth look too red. End quote. Uh, he did end up developing an infection in his right eye that needed medical attention, <laughs> but it was ultimately treatable. So he was okay. Um, okay. Another uh, kind of tragic one is uh, the lion's costume. So the lion's costume was made out of real lion pelts. No! Yeah. <gasps> so before the days of synthetic fur, there was only really one option for making authentic looking <gasps> no! lion costume. So it was real no, lion hair. No, 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 no. Uh, because of continuity concerns and the fact that it was impossible to find a duplicate lion hide that had identical coloration and pattern, cowardly lion actor Bert Lahr wore one costume, primarily through filming, and it was extremely heavy. Altogether, the costume weighed about 90 pounds, which is about 41 kilos. Mm-hmm. Given the costume's weight and the fact that Lahr was filming under intensely hot Technicolor lights, um, we'll, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, yeah. the actor thoroughly sweated through his costume each day, so much so that it had to be put into an industrial drying bin each night to dry the sweat. Oh, Can you imagine how much it smelled? I don't want to. No, I'm about to. It's like thinking about it is triggering my gag reflex. I'm well, not interested. In, in 2014, it sold at auction for $3 million. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Another horrible uh, makeup costume mishap is right. the, the, scarecrow's, <laughs> the Scarecrow's mask. So... Oh. Ray Bulger, who played the Scarecrow, wore a mask that was not porous, so he was unable to sweat. He said in an interview, quote, you couldn't breathe through your skin. You don't realize how much you breathe through your skin until you can't do it, end quote. Oh, my God. So every night it would take an hour for the makeup people to peel the thick rubber mask off. And by the end of filming, he had permanent lines near his mouth and chin from like the the burlap looking thing. Even worse, these poor people, all of them are going through these horrible, horrible costumes that they have to put on daily. And these three guys who played the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, they were banned from eating inside the MGM cafeteria because the sight of them eating in their makeup was deemed too disgusting. What the fuck? Yeah. So How many people- unions were started because of this movie? Yeah, right. I think like I think they talked about it because especially during the beginning, I watched a lot of um, uh, The Walking Dead and they definitely talked about how like when they would break for lunch on that show, obviously half the people that are on that show are in very intense uh, zombie makeup. So seeing them eat must be rough. But you know what? They weren't sequestered. And also they deserve to like, come on, you deserve to eat in peace. Yeah. Like with how much this douche. With how much this movie costs and how much it's going to make and, like, how much they have to go through, let them eat mm-hmm. in the fucking cafeteria. Where are they supposed mm-hmm. to eat? Outside? Exactly. Um, another makeup mishap. Margaret Hamilton. Oh, The legend who played uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. She had a friend that alerted her about a month and a half before filming ended that she was looking, quote, so odd. So when Hamilton looked in the mirror, she realized that her friend was right and that her Wicked Witch of the West makeup had, quote, sunken into my skin. It must have been months before my face was really normal again, end quote. Oh, 
all of that makeup was made with like lead. Yeah. Well, just, because she got sick from it too, didn't she? Yeah, she went through she went through a lot, a lot, a she lot. She went through the ringer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, so like I mentioned earlier, it was an extremely hot set. Yes. So because the film was among the very early, early films to be shot on Technicolor, it required large sets with cameras hidden in different corners and elaborate lighting that rendered the set suffocatingly hot. Cinematographer Harold Rawson said in The Making of the Wizard of Oz, quote, We had enormous banks of lights overhead. We borrowed every unused arc light in Hollywood. It was brutally hot. People were always fainting and being carried off set, end quote. Oh, my God. Some reports say that the temperatures got over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, around 38 degrees Celsius. When the conditions became unbearable, director Victor Fleming would have the lights turned off and open the studio doors so that the actors could step outside. God damn. (laughs) This just sounds like, why would you ever make another movie again? It's a wonder that any of these people ever went on to, like, have careers. For the art, Haley. It's for the art. This sounds like a fucking nightmare nightmare yeah it is a fucking nightmare well it's not that it's not just that the lights were hot because there was several fires that happened during filming good during the munchkinland sequence a faulty trap door was responsible for inflicting serious burns on margaret hamilton mm-hmm. as a result she missed six weeks of filming and subsequently insisted that her stand-in handle any scenes involving fire The poor stand-in, Betty Danko, was asked to sit on a makeshift pipe that spewed smoke during the Surrender Dorothy sequence. You know, the one where uh, they finally make it to the the Emerald City and everything. So the pipe, fitted to look like a broomstick, exploded during filming, sending Danko to the hospital for 11 days and scarring her legs permanently. Fucking awful. In an interview, Danko recalls, quote, It felt as though my scalp was coming off. I guess that's because my hat and my black wig were torn loose, end quote. (gasps) just a nightmare the That's, worst oh god That's if it traumatic. could get if it could get worse than that in the famous melting scene the wicked witch tries to set fire to the scarecrow and in mm-hmm. response dorothy throws the bucket of water on her mm-hmm. however hamilton wasn't really super comfortable about attempting to like even though it was fake but it was real fire uh she wasn't comfortable about like extending her flaming broom towards Ray Bolger, who was playing the scarecrow. Right. Saying, quote, after an earlier experience when my broom caught fire, it was almost too much for me. But I was assured Bolger's suit was asbestos and there was little danger of it catching fire, which is, end quote, which is an entirely different fight that we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> so good. It turns out that Hamilton should have been much more concerned for herself because in order to capture the appearance of the witch quote-unquote melting a trap door was built into the studio floor and hamilton was lowered as dry ice in her dress gave the appearance of smoke but in one take the timing was off and the fire wasn't fully extinguished when she was lowered which caused her green copper based faint uh copper based face paint to melt leaving the actress with third degree burns it reportedly took her three months to recuperate from the injury and she refused to shoot any retakes of the scene or others like it I can't say I blame her. Yeah. So there's straight up aluminum dust in one of the face paints, and then there's just copper in hers. Damn. And getting back to the asbestos for a second, 
In the days before computer-generated effects, film crews had to rely on practical tricks to simulate snow. In the scene in which Dorothy is awakened in the poppy field by a blanket of snow engineered by Glinda the Good Witch, production reportedly used asbestos, or as Atlas Obscura elegantly put it, the film, quote, literally douses its main characters in carcinogens. And Yeah. And, That's a but, perfect way to put it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just The Wizard of Oz that did that, though. Um, sub- asbestos-laced snow was used in many decorations, uh, like holiday decorations in the 30s. So everyone had it why not this is one that's gonna be uh really sad somebody stepped on toto no yeah (gasps) why would you tell me that yeah so an actor (gasps) playing uh one of the wicked witch of the west soldiers accidentally jumped on top of terry who was playing toto She sprained her foot, and Carl Spitz, the onset dog trainer, had to get a canine double. Terry did recover and returned to set a few weeks later. Oh. It's all right. And that actor got fired, right? We're firing them. There's another sad thing. There's another sad thing involving Toto later on. No. I don't want to be here for it. Okay. Okay, she says, but she's not going to let me. (laughs) This is not about Toto. This is about the flying monkeys. So. The actors who played the flying monkeys were all badly injured during the haunted forest scene. The string that held them up, which was essentially piano wire, snapped and all the monkeys fell to the ground. Luckily, it wasn't that far to the floor of the soundstage and no one died. Wizard of Oz historian John Frick told Playbill, quote, They couldn't protect the actors. They had to put men in those costumes that had harnesses and battery packs built in Uh, to make the wings bob up and down and then fly from the top of the soundstage to swoop down onto set. You hear them crash to the ground. They were not severely hurt, but this was before the technology that we have today. End quote. Can you imagine? No. If like you had, uh, what was, what is it in that scene? Like eight or nine people playing the the flying monkeys. If they all just crash to the ground, they would like close the set for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Spider-Man, turn off the dark, got shut the fuck down. Like, think about it. Many times. Many times. Yeah. Um, And then finally, they just ended it all together. Yeah, they were like, this thing is cursed. We can't. We're not doing this anymore. No. So this is probably one that everybody has heard. It's probably one of the most talked about, like, theories um, about the Wizard of Oz, and that's in the scene where Dorothy the Scarecrow and the Tin Man are skipping down the yellow brick road, singing "We're off to see the wizard." Some think in the du- there's a dark moving figure in the background. They think it is somebody hanging from a tree. Um, that one of the actors who played one of the Munchkins hanged himself on set. Yeah, so I've that, heard about this, but that's a, that rumor has been circulating around since 1989, the time of the 50th uh, anniversary. But it was proven on the restored DVD, I have it, and also on Snopes that the figure is actually one of the exotic birds that the filmmakers borrowed from the Los Angeles Zoo in order to create the wilderness setting. Mm-hmm. And in the restored DVD, I'm sure you can find uh, the clip of it on, um, on YouTube, but you can clearly see it's a bird like extending its wings. So, ch- yep. chill. Sounds good. Um. There's a couple more talk like things that happened with the actors who played the Munchkins, which is horrifying. I have an entire book about um, 
about all the actors who played the munchkins it is their story is insane but mgm insisted that they wanted adult dwarves to play the inhabitants of munchkinland they contracted with a man named leo singer who ran a vaudeville troupe known by a very offensive name that i will not say Mm. singer put up one of the put up most of the actors at the Culver Hotel in Culver City, right down the street from MGM, and he pocketed most of their wages. So, <gasps> yeah. What a douche. That he, they, lots of them did not get paid for the work that they did. God, and that's so fucked up. Understandably, very angry, and most of the time bored, um, all of the actors playing the Munchkins reportedly engaged in orgies at the hotel, Routinely oh. pulled knives on and propositioned studio employees and starlets and oh. got so intoxicated that the police would sometimes have to scoop them up with butterfly nets, which I think is also fuck? highly, highly offensive. Yes, also, that's so problematic. These are all alleged reports that I had heard. Mm, I was going to ask. Like, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, blame them because they're being so severely mistreated. Yeah, I'd get fucking turned every night, too. Yeah, and even with um, somebody stealing their wages, they were paid less than everybody else on set. The dog that played Toto got better pay than any one of the people playing the Munchkins. That's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Toto deserved that money. But the mun- fucking, they yeah. deserve to be paid more than Toto. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Because someone was pocketing Toto's wages as well. Oh, no. Well, Leave Toto, Toto alone. Toto wasn't going to the bars and using Maybe her own no. money. Maybe Toto was a fun girl. Okay? She was. Maybe. I mean, she liked to have fun. Like, well, leave um, Toto alone. <laughs> Jerry Marin. Justice for Toto. Who played one of the Lollipop Guild gentlemen, mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. last surviving Munchkin actor and okay. he passed away in May 2018 at the age of 98. No shit. Good yeah. for him. Damn. Um, another alleged story. This is um, thrown about by one of Judy Garland's um, husbands. I think it's her third husband. Okay. Um, Sid Luft. He published um, mm-hmm. a mem- her memoir in 2017. And he writes that after bar hopping in Culver City, the actors who played the Munchkins, quote, would make Judy's life miserable by putting their hands under her dress, end quote. Algin Harmetz, a former New York Times Hollywood correspondent who wrote The Making of the Wizard of Oz, says that um, it's true that the actors, like I had mentioned before, that they would go drinking and uh, party a little bit. Um, but says that their interactions with Garland did not rise to the level of what Luff described. Quote, nobody on the movie ever saw her or heard of a Munchkin actor assaulting her. End quote. Garland did say that uh, the drinking was annoying in interviews mm-hmm. with the talk show host, Jack Parr, but experts on Garland's life say that her rant about being scarred by the rowdy behavior on set uh, may have been a deflection from the real damage that she suffered during the time. Like uh, I said, at the hands of the studio, because yeah. she was only 16, and this is really where her struggle with depression and disordered eating started and continued for the rest of her life. So yeah. um, she could have been deflecting. She could have been um, misunderstanding a situation. Um, she had a lot of other stuff going on. 
So I I don't blame her. I don't either. Um, another big thing that people will know about the Wizard of Oz is the dark side of the moon connection, possibly. Oh. So in the mid-90s, underground rumors of a bizarre, uncanny connection between Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz began to appear in mainstream media. With the sound of the film muted and the Floyd album activated at the conclusion of the MGM Lion's third roar, viewers will see dozens of visual and lyrical coincidences that seem deliberately coordinated. Members of Pink Floyd have denied the connection, and only the CD, not the LP version, can be coordinated with the sync up with the film. But whole websites have been devoted to this phenomenon. So it is pretty synonymous at this point, And I'm sure you can find a version on YouTube or Vimeo or whatever that is the movie synced up with the lyrics. It's just a fun thing to watch, but I yeah. wouldn't take any validity in it. Um, so the end for Toto um oh i don't i don't like that being no toto had a great life the title of this section toto had a great life so at the hollywood dog training schools carl spitz trained many animals who would appear in hollywood films one of the most famous was terry a female karen terrier who would eventually be cast as toto Hmm. And The Wizard of Oz made Terry so popular that she was renamed Toto in real life, which I think is kind of problematic. Yeah, how's she going to respond? Right? Think about it. And she appeared in several other films before she passed in 1944. Spitz buried her on the school property near Laurel Canyon Boulevard in Studio City, California. But in 1958, Caltrans acquired the 10-acre parcel, which stood directly in the path of the proposed Ventura Highway. No. Toto's grave was consumed by the subsequent construction. (gasps) As you pass the Laurel Canyon exit on the 101 freeway, you are literally passing over the former school and Toto's final resting place. (gasps) So Toto's grave has been paid over by a highway. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, and that's the, so the, fucked. The very last tragedy to befall the movie. So oh there God. are four authenticated pairs of the ruby slippers that were used in the making of the Wizard of Oz. One pair is at the Smithsonian. Another is owned by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, mm-hmm. and another is owned by a private collector. Mm-hmm. The last pair was on display at the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, sorry, Minnesota. MN is Minnesota. Yes, it is. Until they were stolen on August 27, 20, 2005. Oh, shit. That's recent. Yeah. An anonymous benefactor put up a $1 million reward for the return of the shoes. Wow. Set to a 10 year deadline. In August 2015, the deadline expired without the return of the missing Oz memorabilia. Um, Damn. Yeah. So somebody lost out on a million dollars. I mean, and, to be fair, they're probably worth more than a million dollars, but like... But how could you sell them? Because so, yeah, they're yeah. the one pair that's not accounted for. So that's like Somebody's stealing... Somebody's gonna die someday. But that's like stealing the uh, the art that was stolen from the um, the Stuart Gardner Museum yeah. in Boston. Yeah. How can you possibly resell that? You don't. You can't. I guess you sell it to like other shady people? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Black market. I don't know that's fucking crazy it's that's fucked up that's that is some shit okay (laughs) that is some shit 
but also that's all the uh the dark things that happened behind the scenes of my favorite movie yes yours we've had we've had people write in about this movie as well i know kyle i hope you enjoyed this um this is this i i just god i knew that it was tragic i just i didn't know how tragic like yeah. it's a it's still it, a great movie it's, it's it's still a great movie historically just iconic yeah i mean they release like a new dvd every like 10 years yeah something like that i think yeah. it's like i think this year's like the 83rd anniversary or something like that if i can I, math shock me i yeah it's you're asking the wrong person if it's about math but yeah yeah. yeah, but there's just, there was just way too many things that it was like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> something something something's got to give. Something's hinky around here. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm sorry it's a short one, but you know what? After four years, we're just chilling. Mom you know? and mom are going on a vacation. We're are going we? on that honeymoon that we that we always talked about doing. Sure. Sure, why not? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I also like getting a little nostalgic after four years. Oh god! Uh, every don't person that has like reached out to us and said that they enjoy the podcast like at all has been like a really meaningful interaction. Yes. Um, our very first Patreon subscriber ever, Josh. If you're still yes, listening, Josh, hi. We love you. I was just thinking about him the other day. I drove by yeah. a semi and I was like, oh, I wonder what he's up to. Our uh, brother's Autumn, of dysfunction. Autumn, Autumn, we're always hearing from. And I and I love it. You love to see it. Her puppy's not feeling so hot right now. I hope he's Aww. doing better. Lucian, um, we talked to Lucian Luci- all the Lucian, time. Lucian, we just spoke to you the other day. Lucian's um, killing it right now. Sarah keeps sending us cat photos, and I can't deal. Sin is constantly educating us, which I can't appreciate. I mean, I do appreciate. I can't appreciate enough. I um, don't have the name of the person right now, because I li- I, my phone is dead. I don't have it owned. Who drew those amazing pieces of art for us? Which ones? We, we put... Which like ones? The ones? We've had a few. There's Skylar Rose. Yes, Skylar um, Rose posted... Uh, did some of us as witches, which as I witches. absolutely love. And, and I mean, and there's so many of you. There's Celeste. There's Lily Mae. There's, there's Kim. Um, yeah. All of our Patreon patrons that, uh, yeah, we, that we obviously have mentioned, every, past yeah. and present. I mean, and just... But even beyond that, like, there, there's just... And... Travis, there, Camilla. Travis, Camilla. Just, I mean, there's so many of you. And... I mean, some some people not to toot our horns, but every time somebody messages us and just tells us that this mean has meaning for them, that this show has meaning for them, it's just you have no idea how thankful we are and how good it is to be able to make your life a little bit brighter yeah because i know for me like the podcasts that i listen to are literally like that's my day like yeah it's what i look forward to yeah when i have like a release day of a podcast i listen to i make a point it's like okay well i'm i'm going for like my walk because i have an hour that i'm hanging with these people or like when i head to work in the morning i'm listening and like you just get like 
you feel like close to people that you don't even know and it's yeah. it's literally like that photo of like the kid like eating in front of like that poster of like the three women sitting there it's like when i listen to my favorite podcast yes it's, like, yes yeah yeah, yeah. So, but that's but, like, how we are with our listeners too and they don't even necessarily know it yeah but we, we're like that too and we're just like oh did you see like so and so got a new dog or oh like so and so started seeing someone and i'm so excited for them like y'all don't know how much tabs we keep it's it's actually a little bit spooky yeah but, and if you uh, want to like <laughs> fill us in on cool shit you're doing or you're listening to or you're reading yeah. like we like, are oh, they're creating a whole entire like series like animated series or something like that that's so awesome that's so badass like it's just yeah, we're it's literally so cool. just, like, two fucking people, and if you need to, like, talk yeah. to somebody, we're here. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not always the most um, on top of shit, because we're two fucking people, and half of us is on drugs, but we love our legal meth. We stand our legal meth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and in that vein, I wouldn't rather do this with anybody else. Hey, thanks. I... I it is especially during a global pandemic, but even before that. See, that's the other thing is like doing this during the pandemic was like any time during well, the pandemic. Well, I mean, it's still they, happening. So it yeah. has been. Yes. Well, yeah. No, but during like the thick of the lockdowns. Into the thick of it. Yes. Like. I'm not well. Ha- like during that time, having a routine was like necessary. It yeah. was like the lifeline. So being able to like pencil in it's like okay every week at this time we're talking to each other and we we got to stay on top of our research and our episode list and keeping up with uh kardashians yeah other kardashians all of our friends listening um yeah so that's been a lot yeah i mean it's just it's been a lot but at the same time like i mean it's just it's things like that it's things like this this podcast is like living breathing like thing that we're creating i just there's no one i'd rather have by my side and even I just three thousand so miles away even throughout three thousand miles away if, yes if anything i wish you were literally by my side um but the yeah, fact that we were just, able to like keep so it going after after i moved. decided hey we're moving <laughs> yeah that's crazy that's, to me. That's a miracle in and of itself. But like... Because we both have partners yeah. that are uh, Very technological. <laughs> and, and thank you to them because, dear God... Obviously, yes. Uh, Michael, who made our theme music that we have gotten videos of people dancing to. Like, yes, we understand. It is I a banger. Deal. Who called it? Literally, um, I one, told... One of our pod friends called it totally twerkable. And I was totally like... Totally twerkable, that's yes. That's it. And I, like... When we were coming up with the podcast, obviously you can't have copywritten music as no. like your theme or whatever. So you need to have an original. So I go to Michael and I say, I want something that sounds like Stranger Things, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and Thriller. And that's exactly what it is. And also they did this during fucking, they were in grad school. They were yeah. in the, like deep in the throes of grad school yep. when this happened. And I just like yeah so talented yeah so talented and i mean and I, elliot who's sitting behind me yeah and edits this podcast every week hi he says hi <laughs> and half the time when he's editing and there's like a lot of cuts and he's like oh jesus fucking christ or like last week when he may have asked me some questions at an inopportune time 
on my end in which I was not fully present if if that and he had to Frankenstein an entire he episode. He had to Frankenstein and the the Anna Delvey episode because I made a, a whoopsie and that but also but I guess was what? Not None of pres- you could tell because it's no, perfect. Yeah. E- exactly, because he's perfect. Yeah. But also that he sat on the phone with me because I could not text it out in a way that human beings could comprehend. Yeah. That he sat on the phone with me for half an hour for a what, like two minute clip? <laughs> While I tried to just get my, and most of it was just silence and me being like, huh, man, like just trying to just, I mean, Elliot has the patience of a saint. So does Michael. Michael, Michael is my life partner and lives with me. So, I mean, both of them have the patience. Yes. And all of our podcasts. All of the podcasts. I actually the was OG thinking about Mo. that today too. The Pope, the pod pussies. I, I started calling them in the car pod today. Pussies. The pod pussies. <laughs> I, uh, if anyone is wondering, I saw yeah. Mo the other day. I he allowed me to pick him up, which <gasps> not, he used not to be. He used to be a lot more fast and loose with his love that yes. he would uh, he would snuggle anyone, and now he is a little bit brooding. Mm-hmm. He hides in the basement a lot, mm-hmm. but I did see him the other day, and I had my hair down, so he <laughs> wanted to get yeah. all up in it. He loves hair. He, you know. We stand. So, Did we so ever I tell that up story twice. of when he tried to ruin your wedding, like the little demon he is? Oh, yeah, that he uh, went missing uh, two days before my wedding and, and found out that he yeah. was ultimately locked in a linen closet and Not didn't locked. make any noise. He, he hid himself in the linen closet, first of all. Yeah. He did yeah. that on his own. For three days, he was For gone. three days. Um, For three yeah. days, right before the wedding. Haley was freaking out. Elliot was freaking out. Elliot's family was freaking out. But also, I was freaking out. Because then I was saying to Michael, well, you know, we get in a certain number of days before. I was like, we could go help. We could go over there and go help search. Yeah, we spent three days looking and he was in the linen closet. I but literally, anyway. like, when I tell you, like, quite literally, like, I was about to head down there when, at, like... And help you guys look when you texted me that you had found him, that Elliot's mom, Jeannie, had found him in the linen closet. I just, I can't. That's the proof that he's a demon. Yeah. It's, there's, there's your proof. Yes. And your um, two and simple ones. And we love ones. him for it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. My two simple babies who are both snoozing right now because it's rainy for the first time in like an eon in California. So is my, my absolute perfect angel. Your bird watcher, your birder. My birder. Be- being anyone, a birder. Yeah, if anyone is uh, following on Bean's Instagram. Instagram. We, I'm on Bean's Instagram. I'm on Bean's Instagram more than I'm on pretty much anything. Oh, and days. speaking of following people on stuff, all you following us on Facebook out of nowhere. <laughs> Why? But hey. <laughs> I don't get it. We got like 47 people in one day. And yeah. I'm like, what did we do? What we did hit, we talk about? We hit 800 this this weekend. Yeah. We, hit, we we surpassed 800 Facebook likes. Oh, wait, and that was another thing I meant. I'm <laughs> sorry we're like thing. we're like going down uh memory lane right now, Somebody's but it's about been... to play us off a la an award show. Like we keep literally making it's about to, happen. to award shows and like yes, the slap we're not talking about. It happened. About it. We're not we we're not going to speak on Yeah. But That's a whole thing. Um but um remember when we got our first listener from out of the united states yes 
And now yes. some of our favorite people are in like the UK and Sweden and Finland, like, Finland, all these places, Mexico, um, Colombia. Luis is in, Luis is in Argentina. Yeah, and it's it's. I, I just I can't. It is wild. Wrap my mind, or like it's wild, but it's also like something I can't wrap. Yeah, my mind around. And although this podcast started, like, definitely started as being very strictly like, here's a crime, here's the movie that was inspired by it. You guys have let us do some weird things, like when we filmed, we recorded an entire episode on a laptop while driving down a yes, a, a haunted uh, road, a haunted road. Um, we covered so many different cryptids. Um, or when we covered when we covered Adrian Shelley and Andy Ostroy, yeah. her her husband reached out. Yeah, and just like that, I still cry about that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we've done we've done so many different things, and this podcast has gone in so many different directions. But mm-hmm. everyone has like been really supportive on it, and yeah. thanks thank you thank you everybody like and even like the ogs like not even but you know what i mean and we like mel leanne like zach diego Mm -hmm. like there's so many like i can't even i wish i had like a running list of just like all of the people because like i mean like they're coming to my brain as i'm speaking even just like fucking ava and i mean you I would love no the people idea. that have been listening since like the very beginning to just give us like a quick like hey yeah. just so we know you're still alive. Yeah, because that's we, really it. You don't even have to listen anymore. Like we we still we, we hear from invested. a lot of people, but also I would love to hear from a bunch of the uh, the yeah the OGs that were there Rose. since the very beginning. There's so many of you. There's so many of you. Remember when Krishna reached out to us and was like hey i'm doing like i think it was her thesis yeah and, we and, talked to somebody about their like college thesis yeah and and we just like we're like yeah you could talk about your thesis with us like sure i absolutely yeah. fucking i i just i can't like fucking chelsea and lynn and i, I kimberly as opposed to kim um like there there's multiple kims and that's fine that's allowed hope um hope we're saying your name again surprise but like i just i can't i really i can't wrap my mind around it like there's so many it doesn't even like there, yeah. there's so many of you and like i, I like uh, even, yeah, so, again they're all coming up in my head so dad and leandra and stephanie and and Brittany and lisa and somebody needs to stop me fucking cicana okay. yes like what a fucking oh god like just everybody yeah, anybody that's ever reached out, anybody that has sent us a video of them dancing to the theme song, has yeah. drawn art for us, has uh, referenced us, or ha- anyone that has suggested us to friends. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and in that vein, anybody who's given us a review, you have no idea how helpful it is. How much, like, if you, if you, it, like, you have no idea how much it helps our podcast when you give us a review and we read every single one and it makes our day um even the mean ones cr- constructive criticism is is always is always good and just like i even the one who said whoever let caitlin into unh it's clearly not that difficult to get in if she got in even you thank you so much i just i like but really in seriousness like it just it helps us so much it helps our show so much and just thank you thank you yeah and keep from the bottom of our hearts 
keep sending us uh, requests for stuff. Believe it or not, we do have a list. Um, we're tr- we do uh, again. We're, we uh, we book out our episodes for so far months and uh, at this point years. So yeah. if you ever thought that we don't have enough content for more, oh, there's um, always more. We definitely have it, and uh, we've gone in so many different directions in the past four years. I'm hoping we're able to do a lot more. Maybe trying to do some type of interview type thing yeah um maybe we can utilize our twitch a little bit more to like interact with everybody and like hang out i'm down um yeah so anything that um we should be doing let us know we are at crime culture podcast at gmail.com no crime culture pod at gmail.com yep that's it crime culture pod pod at gmail.com email us um, you could also go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Um, we also are on Facebook, mm-hmm. as you know, because we as have you know, like yeah. over 800 people. <laughs> uh, Instagram and Twitter and uh, DM on any of those. We will get to you eventually. Um, we got some fucking life stuff going on, so... It may take a minute, but we get there. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's that. I think that's it. I think we've, I think we've, we've, I was about to say we've had a good run and I'm like, this isn't our swan song. Like we'll be no, back next not. week. But yeah. yeah, I think we, I think we're ending it on a high note. We are. Cheers to four years. Woo! And we will see ah. you next tuesday i'm you threw off my groove i'm sorry but you threw off the emperor's groove um next tuesday see you next tuesday see you next tuesday there it is we hit we hit it we got it we're there bye bye